Hey, all you spooky people. It's Halloween week. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kayla's mom, Alicia. And you are listening to True Crime Exposed. Okay, guys, welcome to our show. Thank you for choosing to listen to us, for clicking on us today. You are in the right place for your true crime fix. Here you will find true crime stories that you may have never heard of. Stories where we advocate for the victims and care about who they are. Stories that we will attach organizations to that you can be a part of and do your part in fighting against these crimes. Are you ready for today's case? Okay, real quick. I think this is funny. Have you been watching You on Netflix? Do you and Shannon watch that? Yeah. Have you watched the new season? I've started it. The only fight me and Jacob have had this week has been over that show. Why? (laughs) And because we can't agree on like who we like so he likes joe the creeper like the main guy and i keep liking his wife more and we were watching it last night and he was getting so annoyed that i like the wife more he was like i'm going on your podcast i'm calling you a sham because she's a murderer (laughs) they both are (laughs) i know (laughs) i don't like either of them (laughs) (laughs) i know i was like well it's fake and he's like you're a sham she's the bad one so is he. He is too. <laughs> but Jacob says that he hasn't murdered in longer. <laughs> um, he helped to get the body covered up, dispose of the body. <laughs> it's the same thing. I was laughing. I was laughing my butt off last night because that's like the only argument we keep having is over this freaking show. Oh my gosh. I had to stop watching it for a minute because it. sometimes I just don't like it. Like it's too much. Yeah. Oh, it has it has had some risky scenes this season. Yeah. But I like the show. I just thought that was funny because I'm like, I bet a lot of people on here listen to it. And Jacob, that w- I just thought that was hilarious. He's like, I'm going on your podcast. I'm telling them all you're a sham because you like the murderer. <laughs> well, they just make the murder <laughs> seem so normal. I know. That show's so good though. It's crazy. <laughs> so. I chose today's episode because it was actually recommended by one of our listeners. So Rodrigo recommended it. So thank you for the suggestion and for wanting to hear us cover this case. It's actually a case that I've known about because it happened here in Idaho Falls where I live. So I wonder if you'll know about it, mom. Um, And I'll warn you guys from the top that it is pretty horrific and so sad. Like, usually when I research, I don't always cry, even though I do always feel super sad when reading about any death. But when it comes to kid cases, I do always bawl during that research. And this case, it's about an adult. But as I got into, like, the nitty gritty of it, it definitely had my tears going. 
So it was June 22nd, 2019, and some of Philip Schwab's Facebook friends were passing time scrolling through their social media, as we all do probably too often. But they start to notice post after post from Philip to the point that I'm sure they were like rolling their eyes saying, dude, stop posting so much on here. I'd like to see something besides your name every five seconds. But as the day goes on, they start to realize that Philip is sharing some ominous memes. And with this, his Facebook friends see that he was also posting some seriously nasty posts of his own. One post says, dead is better. Directly after this post, he posts another saying, Maybe we'll leave Facebook on during. Enjoy the show. How old was this guy? This guy is 33 years old. Okay, so he's not really a young adult? No. Middle-aged? Yep, middle-aged. He posts 10 more very random posts, and then another comes that same day, June 22nd. Am I looking like Michael Myers now? LOL. Directly after this post, he posts again. Now we play the waiting game. Two more very random posts are posted, one that is about his dogs, and then he shares that he is watching a show called Six Feet Under. Before posting, gotta love population control, right, Donnie? And then, We're going to need longer commandments. And then another random post before posting. Good thing I have a get out of jail free card dumb shit. 13 more random but disturbing posts go by before he posts. And she had to work at eight. This was one of his last posts on June 22nd. Four more posts would be shared before posting on June 23rd, 2019, in the middle of the night. I love you, Kay. So who is Kay? This is 33-year-old Kaylin Blue, who is Philip's longtime girlfriend. Kaylin seems to have had a wonderful and loving family. She has two younger siblings, one brother Tristan and a sister Brittany. The love they have for their sister has shined through with everything they have shared about her. Kaylin grew up in Littleton, Colorado, and she lived there for 29 years. Only four years of her life were spent in Idaho Falls. Kaylin is described as being a literal ray of sunshine for everyone that met her. One friend that she grew up with, Kara, described their childhood as overall very happy. Kara lived a few houses down from Kaylin's family and states, quote, We had sleepovers, learned how to rollerblade and bike together, and had awesome Halloween treasure hunts and fun birthday parties. I remember being at her house after school, or maybe it was before, time flies. She would be making oatmeal, and we would be watching Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? It was quite some time ago, but I know I sure enjoyed her company, and we shared lots of laughs, end quote. Kaylin's brother Tristan talks about how her special skill was having the ability to see the best parts of the world and what a rare strength that is to have. She was a natural at having that positivity and love for life. She always made sure to let her family know how proud of them she was. 
And growing up, Kaylin always possessed these positive qualities. She shined her light every day and cared about all those around her. She was a very hard worker that would do anything she put her mind to. And being the oldest sibling, she set an outstanding example. So what took her to Idaho Falls? So her her meeting her boyfriend and him, his mom living here is what brought her to Idaho Falls. Okay. So Philip. So she spent most of her life down there. Yes. And when she met Philip, then they finally moved to Idaho Falls together just four years before this story. Okay. So her brother described her as having a Forrest Gump mentality, basically saying that once she put her mind to something, she never gave up and would work hard to accomplish whatever goals she had. Not only was she smart and hardworking, she was loyal. And her brother described her also as being the closest thing to a dog in a human body, meaning that she was kind, loyal, loving, and so lovable. Kaylin grew up loving Halloween, so it felt right to share her story this week, the week of Halloween. Her mom, Sharon Blue, shared a photo of her just last week holding a pumpkin that she carved. In the comments, Sharon says that Kaylin loved Halloween, and in the picture, you can really see that. Her smile was so big and bright and really showed how proud of her jack-o'-lantern she was. Through everything I read, there was not one bad word said about Kaylin. Another friend of hers stated, quote, you were the nicest person and you truly were an angel here on earth, end quote. And one defense attorney that was on this case, Jordan Crane, actually described Kaylin by saying, quote, aside from child victims, rarely do you find a victim that no one has a bad word to say about. Kaylin is nothing but good in the world and did absolutely nothing to deserve what happened to her, end quote. And Kaylin made friends wherever she went. So when she moved to Idaho Falls around 2015, when she was 29 years old, she made quick friends with Vic, who shared a post about their friendship on Facebook. Quote, she was an amazing person and worker, always checking in when we would see each other. Continuing on to say, I'm going to miss our memories together. Our red nose day, color run, corn maze, baseball games, and our girls day out. End quote. As Kaylin got older, she grew to love gardening. This filled her soul. Just a few days before those weird Facebook posts made by Philip, she posted on Facebook about gardening. It was June 19th, 2019, when she shared a post saying, quote, Wow, what a day. I'm so sore. I was at the garden for almost three hours on Tuesday, pulling weeds out of our gardens. I've been on the couch most of the day, end quote. And then there's posts later on made by her sister after this tragic weekend, and they show her daughter, who was Kaylin's niece, holding something they grew in their garden, and Brittany said that Aunt KK would be so proud, and that this food from their garden was a little piece of heaven. It seemed that a lot of Kaylin's loved ones would call her KK. So when Kaylin and Philip moved to Idaho, they moved in together into the home of Philip's mom. And Philip's mom was also there living with them. This home was located on Thayer Bridge Circle. Now, both of them had disabilities that prevented them from living completely on their own, although they were very capable and functional. This was Philip and his mom? No, Philip and Kaylin. Oh. And that's why they lived with Philip's mom. Okay. 
So they were boyfriend and girlfriend. They both had disabilities, but not disabilities that kept them from living pretty normal. Like, for example, Kaylin held a job. She worked at Walgreens in Idaho Falls, and she worked at the one down on Broadway Street, which is crazy because I actually went to this Walgreens all the time in those years that Kaylin worked there. During that time is when I worked at the salon down the street and then the barber shop that's also down the street. I wonder sometimes if I ever saw her there and that just kind of breaks my heart. I mean, I didn't know her and I don't even remember if I noticed her, but I wish we had the foresight to save the people walking among us from the things that they'll one day go through. Philip seems to have had a childhood that was filled with a bit more anguish. As a child, Philip was diagnosed with DeGeorge syndrome. Have you heard of that? Yep, I have. Okay, so what I read and got from it is that it is caused by a defect in chromosome 22, and it basically results in the poor development of several body systems, and that these can present themselves in a baby or in early childhood, and the symptoms can include heart defects, an impaired immune system, and developmental delays, and that someone with this syndrome can also have a hard time expressing and understanding their emotions and that they are at risk for developing other disorders such as schizophrenia or bipolar. Huh, I didn't. So does that sound kind of right? Yeah. Um, I mean, in babies, we usually see the heart defects and they some oftentimes have problems with like their electrolytes, like their calcium. I did know that they could go through developmental delay, but I did not know that they could have um, like personality disorders like bipolar and stuff. Yeah. So you've seen it like presented in babies. Yeah. You um, do you remember? Um, I'm not going to say names or anything, but do you remember coach's neighbor son? Oh, the up on the hill. Uh huh. Yeah. So he had it. Yeah, so they can they can live a pretty normal life, but they just uh-huh, yeah. And what I read is that it affects like everyone that has it, it. It can have very different like symptoms. Yeah, there's kind of like a spectrum. Like you said, like heart defects or yeah, that that can range from like mild to severe. Yeah, I think, and I don't know because I'm not Philip's doctor or anything, but I think his was a, maybe a little more severe. Like he was able to live normal, but I, I think he really did have some serious developmental delays. So through Philip's life, he was bullied due to his disability. And then at some point in his childhood, his parents divorced, which did affect him negatively. While a divorce doesn't affect all of us, it can really affect some kids. I kind of think about my, you know, our brother, my brother, because like you and my dad got divorced and it didn't really affect me or my sister bad, but it seems that he was at an age where it did affect him more. So we can't really say whether that's an easy or a hard trial for someone, regardless of like our own experience. Right. It kind of affects everybody differently. Yeah. And so for Philip, I think that did affect him in a negative way, his parents' divorce. And then to top that off, after their divorce, Philip's father actually died, which just compounded onto the emotional trauma of the bullying and then the divorce. Did it say how his dad passed away? 
it didn't actually. It just says that he died sometime after his parents divorced. Okay. I was just wondering if it was like due to medical reasons or like um, suicide or. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But as time went on, Philip seemed to move on and live a normal life. He didn't have a history of violence. And then that day came, June 22nd, when violence seemed to be the only thing that was on his mind. June 22nd was a Saturday. And as that weekend went on, the disturbing Facebook posts just continued. After posting I Love You K onto his Facebook page, he shares another nine disturbing and random posts before sharing that he's watching Family Guy with a quote that says, When the world is mine, your death will be quick and painless. 19 more posts through the early morning hours of June 23rd before he posts, You really did make it too easy, whore. LOL. Wow. His posts. Art. I wonder if he had many friends. Yeah. It, Just because you would think they would call him and be like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? You're posting some weird stuff. I know. I looked through literally like almost all the posts, which now a lot of them have a ton of comments, but that's because people like have gone back to look at them from the story. So I don't see a lot of comments. Like, hey, man, is everything Okay. Yeah, they're mostly like people that know what happened after the fact. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if people are just kind of ignoring him because they're like, holy crap, this dude has shared literally more than 100 posts in one day or (laughs) if he just didn't have a lot of friends on there or what. Yeah. So then he shares 31 more posts, just random crap that he is spewing that makes no sense but is also painting this horrible picture. And then he says, I'm just getting started, bitches. He then makes one more post before he updates his profile as celebrating this special day. After another seven posts, he shares a picture of a dog, captioned, when you say slay instead of stay. One more post goes by before he shares a picture with a quote that says, Being alone may scare you, but being in a bad relationship will damage you. Right after this, another photo quoted with, Karma has no menu. You get served what you deserve. He shares 19 more posts before sharing yet another photo that has a quote on it. This quote reads, I wish heaven had visiting hours. He posts another 51 horrible and sick posts before posting a status that says, might let you have a treat first. Three more posts and then another that says, a man's best friend is his dog's. Seven more posts before he says, still smells better than you, bitch. Two more posts, any posts, sleeping dogs. All of this is looking so frantic and random. But the horrifying part about this story is that these posts paint a picture of that tragic weekend. 
three more posts, and then he posts, she deserved quicker. After another two posts, he posts a status saying, spend all day kissing ass. Directly after that, he makes another post saying, and all night shitting where you eat. Three more posts go by before he says, you know they eat dog in China. Directly after that, he posts again, I might develop a taste. And then another three posts go by before he says, one down, stay. Posting right after, one to go. After another four posts, he updates his status yet again for what the thousandth time, still on June 23rd, saying, yeah, try snitching now, whore. Notice how he keeps talking about the dogs as well. Keep that in your pocket because it does mean something. After another 22 insane posts, he updates his status again, saying, Not a girl, but okay, lol. Directly after this, he says, Better than gay. Immediately after that, he posts again, No offense or anything. And another, just preference. Five more posts are shared before he posts, not barking now. Right after this, he says, or bitching, I guess. And then 45 more disgusting posts before he says, three for three. At this point, we are now into June 24th, which is Monday. Right after he posts this, he says, strike out before making one last post that says, good morning. By June 24th, people were worried. Not only were there hundreds of ominous posts on Philip's Facebook page at this point, but Kaylin hadn't shown up to work at Walgreens for a few of her shifts. Her coworkers were growing increasingly worried with each time that she hadn't shown up before they knew something had to be done. A coworker that worked often with Kaylin contacted her family down in Colorado to let them know what was going on, that they were worried. It wasn't like Kaylin to not show up to work. She loved her job. Did they see this guy's posts? I think some of them did. Jeez, it's like call the cops. I know, like immediately. I mean, some of the things he said in there, and I, I don't know if I said one of them I don't think I shared in here I mean because there were literally hundreds as you could tell like thank goodness because I don't want to hear them yeah one of them (laughs) they're bad well one of them said if stabbing people is wrong I don't want to be right oh my gosh I mean yes I would definitely call the cops right away but I'm not sure if people just thought he was a little bit weird but over the weekend in combination with her not showing up they were like something's got to Something's got to be done. Did he tag her by chance in any of the posts or like would any of... He didn't. The only time he referred to her is that one time. I mean, he may have been referring to her in those other ones where he's saying whore and saying horrible things. But the only one where he refers to her by name is where he says, I love you, Kay. Oh, okay. So her friends wouldn't have necessarily seen anything that he was posting No, her friends on her Facebook page, if they weren't friends with him, they wouldn't have even known that he was doing that. Okay. 
But those concerns of Kaylin's co-workers did ring tragically into her family's ears, and they immediately had a sinking feeling that this wasn't right. So Kaylin's family did contact the Idaho Falls Police Department, and they asked for a welfare check. Something is wrong. Our daughter lives there in Idaho Falls, and I guess she hasn't shown up to work in a few days. Here's the address. Please go check for us to make sure that she's okay. They could feel the urgency in the voice on the phone, and so police were immediately dispatched to the home that Kaylin was living in. Officers walk up to the door on Monday, June 24th at 9 a.m., and they knock. They wait for just a moment before a man answers the door. It's Philip. Officers explain to him that family members and co-workers are concerned about a woman that is presumed to live here. And they ask him, does Kaylin Blue live here? Philip tells them yes and explains to them that Kaylin is his girlfriend. With this, Philip invites officers inside to talk. Officers are talking to Philip and asking him about the living situation. Does the couple own this house together? And Philip tells them, no, they live here with his mother. But his mother wasn't home all weekend. She was actually gone recovering from a surgery. As the conversation continues, officers start to grow weary because they notice some blood in the home, leading them to believe that something much more sinister than they had thought happened here. They ask Philip what is going on. Where did this blood come from? And this is when he looks down and he says, I might have hurt Kaylin. What do you mean you hurt Kaylin? Officers ask. And all he can do is point them to the backyard and tell them to look for themselves. When officers step into the backyard and start to walk around, they come across an absolutely disturbing scene. All they see is the face of a woman poking out of the dirt in her own garden. Her face is clearly riddled with scratches and stab wounds, and the officers have to look away for a moment to collect themselves. Her body's like buried and her face is poking out? Yes. So they discovered that it was the body of 33-year-old Kaylin Blue. She was buried in her garden, and her entire body was buried, but her face was left uncovered. After discovering Kaylin's body... They searched the home, and inside the garage, there was more blood, and they found the couple's two dogs dead in a garbage bin. They had also been stabbed to death. Philip Schwab, who was 33, was immediately arrested for first-degree murder. He decided to cooperate with the police, and with that, the story came out. During the day of Saturday, June 22nd, Philip decided to put a hunting knife into his dresser drawer that sat next to the side of his bed. This knife is described to look like the one used in the movie Scream. And at that time, Kaylin was still working her shift at Walgreens. After Kaylin returned home, sometime in the middle of the night, either in the late night of Saturday, June 22nd, or the early morning hours of Sunday, June 23rd, Philip pulled the knife out of the drawer and then he reached over and he stabbed Kaylin in the neck. This attack actually woke Kaylin up and she knew her life was in danger. She stood up and she started to run and fight for her life. But Philip was stronger 
and he would ultimately stab her 25 times in the neck, face, and head. These 25 injuries were all stabbing injuries and did not include all of the injuries she suffered as defensive wounds. Once Kaylin was visibly dead, Philip turned on a hose in the backyard and started to water the dirt to soften it. Once the ground was ready, he dragged her body outside to her favorite spot, her garden. This is when he dug a hole and buried his girlfriend's body, again, leaving her face exposed. He was doing all of this while we know he was making disturbing Facebook posts in between each horrifying act. Sometime in the day after he murdered Kaylin, he turned his evil onto their dogs. I believe his dogs were named after President Trump and his wife, Mel- is it Mel- Melania? Melania? Yeah, Ma- Melania, I think. Melania. Yeah, so I think his dogs were named after them, and this might not be 100%, but according to comments on his Facebook page, his dogs were named Don and Melania. He refers to them with these names many times throughout his hundreds of posts that weekend. And Philip ultimately stabbed and killed each dog before throwing them into the trash. Now, there is speculation that he raped these dogs before or after killing them. This is a rumor that I believe derived from his Facebook posts. And honestly, because of his disturbing words, it does seem a little bit logical. Remember, he posted about how it wasn't a girl, but okay. It was better than gay. No offense. Just his preference. Ugh. I know. And those, like, really sick posts make me kind of think that these horrific things may have happened and he may have been capable of them. But this is never confirmed by the police or any source that I found. So this is total speculation by people on his Facebook. And hopefully it did not happen. Ew, I do not like that even one little bit. No, it's like the fact that I mean, him killing her is absolutely horrific and the most terrible part of this story, but I cannot believe he went on to even kill his dogs. Yeah. Like, that is, you just have got to be sick. Insane. Oh, absolutely insane. So after he killed all three of them, he waited there in the home. I think knowing that he would be caught. I believed he planned on going to jail. I don't think he was surprised when the police knocked on his door that Monday morning. He didn't try to hide this, and for some reason, he just didn't care. When Kaylin's family found out about her death and the horrible way she was taken from this world, they were crushed, screaming out for their sister that they loved so much. The family was soon brought to Idaho Falls, and the Marriott Hotel housed them while they went through the motions of talking with law enforcement. One salon that wasn't named gave Kaylin's mother, Sharon, a free haircut, and the police and community welcomed the family with open arms, understanding the pain that they were going through. The Hudson Gardens and Event Center back in Littleton, Colorado, held a celebration of life for Kaylin and her family. It was held on June 26, 2019 at 3.30 p.m., just a couple of days after she was found buried in her own garden. 
Kaylin's brother, Tristan Blue, shared a video onto Facebook very soon after they were notified about what happened to their sister. And in this video, he thanks the Idaho Falls Police and the places that have helped them so far, the communities, the Marriott, the Hudson Gardens. And he asked in this video that no one harasses or blames the family of the perpetrator, Philip Schwab. Tristan and the rest of Kaylin's family actually talked with Philip's mother, who he explained as grieving as well. And she wasn't just grieving because she would now lose her son to the prison system. She was grieving for Kaylin, who he said she thought of as her own daughter. I mean, Kaylin had lived with her for four years at this point. Tristan explains that Philip's family had no control over the tragic events, just as Caitlin's family had no control either. Everyone in these families was suffering. Tristan was frustrated, though, with the media not giving his sister's story the proper coverage and the fact that they were only sharing salacious stories instead of actually talking about Caitlin and who she was as a person. He let us know that what we can do to support Kaylin's story is to be advocates against domestic violence, because he said if we can save one person from Kaylin's story, at least this sacrifice wasn't for nothing. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are victims of physical violence by an intimate partner in the United States. One in three women and one in four men have experienced physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. One in five women and one in seven men have experienced that violence in a very severe and dangerous way. And I kind of get what, well, I totally get what Tristan is saying about people not really talking about Kaylin, like as she was as a person and people just being focused only on Philip and the crime. For example, she actually posted on June 22nd, 2019. And now this may have been her or it may have been Philip Schwab because, you know, we know he either killed her late that night or early the next morning. And what Kaylin posted on her Facebook was, wow, what a day. Glad to be home now and I'm staying home the rest of the night. Now, some people look at it like Philip said it to explain to everyone why she was going to be staying at home. But also, I know she was working that day so she could have just been saying like, oh, like I'm glad to be home. I'm relaxing because that's what I like to do after I'm working. But you can kind of see just in the comments how some people just don't know how to respect people, I guess, after they've passed away. So one lady commented and she just said rough day, question mark. And she didn't know that Kaylin, you know, had died. And someone replied to her, have you heard from Kaylin? And the lady that said rough day says no. And then some dude gets on here and he just comments, yeah, she died, yo. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, a lot of people got mad at him. But it is just that where, like, they just think it's okay, I guess, to say things. Yeah. Because her story's out there. I can just talk about it in a nonchalant way. So <laughs> I think that's kind of what her brother's talking about. People just like, yeah, not really talking about her as who she really was. Like, yeah, she died. Yo, it's like, let's not comment that to people on her Facebook that knew her and apparently haven't heard the news yet. People are weird. They are. 
So after Philip was arrested, he did waive his right to a preliminary trial. He pleaded not guilty to first degree murder. And one of his defense attorneys that was appointed to him as a public defender was John Thomas. Now, this is the same man who represented Christopher Tapp from our very first episode and had that amazing quote in that episode to the real killer of Angie Dodge that people are coming for him and they will find him just before they actually did. So that's that guy. And then mm-hmm. he had a couple other defense attorneys appointed to him as well. But Philip's defense attorneys filed documents stating that Philip couldn't fully understand the legal proceedings because of his disability. As we talked about earlier, his DeGeorge syndrome could have caused him developmental delays. According to Eric Grossarth of East Idaho News, with Philip's circumstances, a judge did allow special visits between Philip and his mother so that she could help him navigate the legal proceedings. In this same article, they talk about the Idaho law that does not allow insanity defenses. Now, I've talked about this law before. So basically, regardless of Phillips' disability, it does not impact his legal competency according to this law. The law was passed in 1982, and it reads, quote, mental condition shall not be a defense to any charge of criminal conduct, end quote. But although first-degree murder is punishable by death in Idaho, the prosecuting attorney, Daniel Clark, decided not to pursue the death penalty. This case could have easily gotten that sentence because the evidence was overwhelming and the horrific nature of the acts was so shocking. But Daniel did not want to fight for the death penalty because of Philip's disabilities and the fact that his IQ was only a 76. And Kaylin's family agreed with this decision and did not want the death penalty pursued. What is like a regular IQ? I don't even know. Oh, um, I'm not sure. I'm not either. Is it like 100? Most people have an IQ between 85 and 115. Only a small fraction of people have a very low IQ below 70 or a very high IQ above 130. So Philip was basically pretty close to the lower IQ. Mm -hmm. And eventually Philip would decide to plead guilty because of an agreement that he made with the Bonneville County prosecutors, where they would recommend that he doesn't spend more than 25 years to life in prison. In this agreement, the defense attorneys agreed to recommend no less than 15 years. And Philip was sentenced to the full 25 years to life. Philip decided not to make a statement at his trial. All he would say was, quote, I think it's already been said by my counsel and Mr. Blue especially, end quote. Which he was referring to Tristan Blue, Kaylin's brother, who gave an impact statement and talked about how amazing his sister was. Now, while I understand that his developmental delays are probably a huge part of why he committed this crime, it kind of scares me that he has the potential to be free one day because he seems super dangerous to me, according to all of his posts on Facebook. Yeah. You know, that is sad to put someone. I don't know, like, the thought of it is sad to put someone with developmental disabilities behind bars for the rest of their lives, but... But also, if they're a danger, 
like the things he said, yeah, he just seemed like so dangerous in that weekend and the things he said and like how he killed the dogs after. Like I there's just something about him that I'm like, oh, I like don't really want him to get out and live live here in Idaho Falls among us. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Like I don't like that. Uh it's scary. What did you say that he would have the possibility of parole? I think so because his sentence is twenty five years to life. So I didn't see exactly where they said anything about his parole, but to me, that usually doesn't mean, like, it's not life without parole. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll get parole hearings, and maybe he'll get out after the 25 years if he has good behavior, maybe even before. I know he did get credited for time served, which he was in jail for about two years before he received the sentence when he was 35 years old. And he went to jail when he was 33. So he already got two years done before he was even given the sentence. Yeah. So the 25 years puts him at 58. Yeah, probably. I'm not I'm not good at math just in my head while I sit here, but I'm sure you're right. That's, that's not that that's not that old. That's not that old. And it's just, I don't know. He just seems so dangerous. His Facebook freaked me out. I mean, I read every single post. They, they're all still there. Ugh. I, I don't think I could read him. You just have to search his name, Philip Schwab. Yeah. And they tell just when you know the story and you're reading through them, it's just like, ooh. They sound so evil. They are so evil. And terrifying. I personally don't really think he should get out. Mm. Maybe, you know, he can be rehabilitated, I hope. Especially since he's going to have that possibility to be out. Yeah, I wonder um, what her family thinks. I was surprised that they didn't mind if they didn't go after the death penalty. I know. Maybe because they understand, like, the disability part firsthand since... Kaylin had some sort of disability. I don't know what it was. I didn't see in any source where they talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, I just saw in the source that it said they both had disabilities. So maybe they just understood that a little more in the mindset yeah. that he could have been in. But I mean, they do also seem pretty angry about it through a lot of the posts that they've shared about their sister being murdered. Oh, that's hard. That That's a really ethical dilemma because just with the disability and then the murder. I know. It's kind of similar to like when kids kill, like those 10-year-olds. Like, I don't think they should have ever gotten out, the ones in Britain that killed James Bulger. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, but they were kids. Well, one was rehabilitated. Yeah, as far as we know. Right, but the other one was not. Yeah, so it really is such a moral dilemma. <laughs> it's just risky. I know. So I guess we'll see. You know, it, that won't be for a while at least, since he just went to jail probably very recently. I mean, I mean, he's been in jail for a couple years since 2019, but his sentence was official just recently. Mm, what a sad story. 
I definitely need that palate cleanser now. We'll definitely we'll have a good one at the end. <laughs> good. But Philip was ordered to pay ten thousand dollars in fines and restitution to Kaylin's family for three thousand two hundred and eighty-six dollars, and he was ordered to do this to cover Kaylin's cremation and the counseling services for her family members. Well, it's like, how can he even afford it if he's in jail? I know. I'm sure they won't see a dime of it. They never, I mean, they never do, even when the person's not in jail. But he is ordered to pay it, so you never know, I guess. And then the biggest question that has surrounded this case has been the why. Like, there was seemingly no motive leaving everyone grieving in Caitlin's death, wondering why this would happen to such an amazing woman. Just before handing down the sentence, Judge Bruce Pickett said, quote, Unfortunately, in my career as a defense attorney, a prosecutor, and as a judge, I've seen a lot of crimes and have handled lots of cases. This one makes no sense. I have struggled with the why. End quote. In Tristan Blue's impact statement, he says, quote, Kaylin was a special kind of person, and I don't say that lightly. One thing that Kaylin's traumatic loss has taught me is that everybody grieves differently. Part of my grieving process involves spending many nights over the past couple years lying awake and asking myself the question I'm sure many of us have asked, which is why? End quote. Well, Philip only ever gave one explanation for the horrific murder of the woman who was his girlfriend for more than seven years. He said that after Kaylin fell asleep on the night of Saturday, June 22nd, she started to thrash around in her sleep. And while she was doing this, she accidentally hit him while she was asleep. And this is why he killed her. Although the premeditation of putting the knife into the drip into the dresser leads me to not believe any part of his statement. This is what he claims. Yeah. Well, you put a knife in there before she fell asleep while she was at work. Beforehand. Yeah. So, and he was making some of those horrible posts before she came home from work. Like he was making posts all day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So violence just like got onto his mind. I do not think he killed her because she accidentally hit him in her sleep, but. That's what he says. Yeah, he must have been obsessing over it or something. Yeah. You know, there's different rumors. I mean, if you look at the Facebook comments, I mean, people say all sorts of things, but some people think he thinks she was cheating on him. Some people think he just went crazy. I guess we'll never really know because his explanation makes no sense. Oh, that one was disturbing. But let's not let Kaylin's life be taken in vain. Keep your eye out for domestic violence and seemingly dangerous situations. Call for help as soon as you are worried about someone. Kaylin, we will always remember you.
I'm going to be giving you a palate cleanser, and it's going to be the best one ever. Do you guys do? <laughs> no shame, we all do it. It's just a part of being a human. Did you know you fart on average 14 times a day? I do way more than that. But what's crazy? Each fart travels from your body about seven miles per hour. That's pretty fast for a Bye. Have a good day. Thank you guys for listening today. It literally means the world to me. One of the best things you can do for us is to leave us a five-star written review if you're on Apple Podcasts or share what episode you're listening to to your social media. Spreading the word for us is the best thing that you can do and it costs you zero dollars. We appreciate you guys so much. You can follow us on social media for pictures and information on every case we cover. Our Instagram is at truecrimexpod, truecrimexpod. You can find us on TikTok at truecrimexposedpodcast and on Twitter at truecrime underscore podcast. I'm Kayla Waters and I research, write, and edit these episodes. My mom is our co-host. Her name is Alicia Jenkins. And my daughter gives us our palate cleanser every week to save us after we listen to these horrible stories. Her name is Charlie Waters. Our original graphic art was created by Arthur Max, and our music is created by Jaden Schultz. You can find him on Instagram at InPajamasMusic. Stick around to hear about an organization that you can be a part of. There is a domestic violence and sexual assault center here in Idaho Falls that provides support and services to victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and other violent crimes. They provide immediately help. They provide immediate help and long-term support, and they extend a helping hand to all affected by these crimes, children, adolescents, and adults. You can visit their website at www. Dot D-V-S-A-C-A-C dot org. They have a Facebook page you can go and like on their website. You can donate to them. You can learn more and you can volunteer. So I highly encourage you guys to be a part of this organization. We will definitely be donating to them and helping support the fight against domestic violence here in Idaho Falls.